0: Ready? Yep. Okay, we are rolling and... Hello there! It's me, I'm Pedro And I'm Ivan And welcome back to... Wild Red Dot So this time we're going to continue on from our previous few episodes on the mangrove And today we're going to be talking about one of the most famous animals in the mangrove Mm -hmm. And this is of course the the Estuarine Crocodile, also known as the Saltwater Crocodile So here are some basic facts that we know about um, Estuarine Crocodile okay, that I got from Google and Wihi. So The Estuarine Crocodile grows up for males They grow up to about 6 meters, not normally more than that uh, Females are a bit smaller at 3 meters and they are very widespread They mm. live in the sea, is that correct?
1: Uh, they can live in the sea uh, They have salt glands So. Many species of crocodiles, they do have glands in their mouths to help um, process salt. However, the astrain crocodile is the most marine adapted of all the crocodile species. So they do make uh, long journeys across the sea to colonize and establish themselves on remote islands all across the Indo-Pacific region.
0: And these salt glands that they have, right, they are meant to help them survive. Mm-hmm. Like how? Like
1: So basically, um, for us, for example, we can't drink salt water, right? We can't drink seawater. So many animals that live in marine conditions they have special glands to help to excrete salt. I'm not too sure how it works in crocodiles, but so for example, in many seabirds, in sea turtles and other in and other species, they have ways to to drink salt water but also get rid of the excess salt in their bodies. So certainly if with the extra crocodiles, they are able to do the same thing and that allows them to undertake long journeys across the sea to the point that some individuals have actually been found with barnacles growing on them
0: oh wow okay that means they're really seafaring
1: yes i mean ideally for for the established large resident crocodiles they will occupy places like river river banks floodplains estuaries Uh, but when when the time comes for them to disperse and wander around to find their own territories they will just swim across the sea. In fact, uh, right now the Asian crocodiles' distribution is much reduced compared to historically. However, in the past, it was found pretty much across the entire South and Southeast Asia, um, all the way to Australia, parts of the South Pacific Islands. Historically, it's actually been recorded from the Seychelles Islands, which were which are actually located closer to Africa, right compared to Asia. However, the population has since been wiped out. They've also been found in various um, remote islands in the Pacific, like the Marshall Islands, which are really in the middle of nowhere, and even as far as Japan. So basically, yeah. in a nutshell, they used to be found everywhere. Yep.
0: They're still found in many places, but not as widespread as they used to be. Yes. So, Within the existing range of saltwater crocodiles, mm-hmm. Singapore is one of the places where they're known to be seen. Yep. Can you tell us
1: a little bit more about crocodiles in Singapore? Okay. So, historically, crocodiles would probably have been present throughout our coastal areas along our larger rivers. Right? So they'd be occupying places like mangroves, um, co- various coastal habitats, our rivers, and, and all that. However, as we developed... Um, and we lost a lot of these wetland habitats, the natural range for these crocodiles definitely shrank. Also, considering that the, the Australian crocodile is a large predator, there was bound to be lots of conflict with humans, right? So, you have um, historically, you have many cases of people who were taken by crocodiles, and of course, um, due to fear, due to retaliation, many there were many instances of crocodiles being hunted, uh and persecution definitely took its toll as well. So um combined with uh on these two fronts, habitat loss plus persecution from humans due to conflict, um it's not surprising that crocodiles were pretty much almost wiped out by the late 20th century. So if you look at our red data book, right, Asian crocodiles are actually considered critically endangered because their numbers and they have not exactly made a full recovery but they have made a bit of a comeback at least in some places of in Singapore.
0: Oh speaking of which let me get something from my notes over here so actually um, something interesting I know I mean I'm not an cro- expert on crocodile but I do know this about Singapore's history. Mm-hmm. Did you know that we actually had a crocodile attack right in town? Oh where was that? Tanglin Road. Oh wow! So, have a guess, uh, where do you think in Tanglin Road would there be crocodiles? Botanic Gardens? Yep. So, in the early 1900s, there was apparently a string of crocodile attacks in what is Swan Lake now. Oh dear,
1: (laughs) that's scary. Yeah, so
0: apparently what happened is that um, last time, if Uh you recall, Botanic Gardens uh, used to have a zoo. Mm -hmm. So it used to be the Botanic and Zoological Gardens. Yep and crocodiles escaped Oh so there was one crocodile that was living inside the lake and it attacked the coolie oh no okay that sucks yeah sucks right I mean especially for the coolie lah who who died but uh, that actually led to the whole lake being drained Mm -hmm. by the authorities and they killed the crocodile okay but I mean the, the cool thing I find about history is that if you look at botanic gardens now you would never possibly imagine that Right there, there used to be a crocodile. One, yeah a crocodile on the loose. Yeah, okay lah. But since then, have we had any modern crocodile incidents or attacks? Uh,
1: not that I know of. If there have been any incidents, they have not been publicly reported, right? Um, however, it is important to take note of where crocodiles are present nowadays, where they have been seen recently, and uh, for the authorities as well as um, the general public. To take necessary precautions and measures to reduce the chance of of these incidents happening, right? So, uh, one of the main places where Asian crocodiles have been showing up is Sungai and Wetland Reserve. So, generally, that is the most reliable place to spot a wild Asian crocodile these days. So, you go to Sungai Bolo, you cross the main bridge. If the tide level is just right, you can see four, maybe even five crocodiles. Or Basking on the river banks, sitting in the river, maybe even hunting, right? And, and there have even been I eyewitness mean, accounts of crocodiles mating, fighting. there have been sightings of hatchlings um, in, in in certain areas. So the population over there does seem to be established, and um, there is reproduction. We're not too sure whether they are, there's going to be be uh, more populations popping up all along the coastal areas from from woodlands all the way down to Tuas because that whole area, that, is, that there are some pretty large areas of mangroves and coastal wetlands and reservoirs that are not often visited by people. So we probably have no idea how many crocodiles there could be. In fact, I'm sure that, uh, there have been videos uploaded on social media of crocodiles being seen basking along the causeway right between singapore and johor bahru so uh, for all you know there could be crocodiles all along the coastline and they are showing up as well in many other parts of singapore um east of the causeway in sembawang if i'm not wrong there have been sightings in pasirris in changi in the east coast park there's there's also one posted uh, that there was one that showed up uh, on a video from off west coast park last year as well so you no know, they, they are popping up in many different places yeah actually, we haven't done a wild times in quite a while, yeah. Um, you know, like
0: you said, the latest incident that happened that I'm aware of is a sighting at West Coast Park. Mm-hmm. What would you say is a... F- what should we do if we come across a crocodile in the
1: wild? I mean def- number one thing is definitely to contact the authorities, right uh, has a wildlife uh, has a, a wildlife response hotline that they should definitely be be alerted to this of course if you don't know the impact number you can just call the police and tell them first and they should direct the, the, the information to the right authorities to respond to and of, of course uh, get out of the water stay out of the water it's not the crocodile that you can see that's dangerous it's the crocodile that you cannot see that is dangerous and oh. a lot of people think that all oh, crocodiles they're just like dumb instinct uh dumb animals that are operating purely on instinct. No, they can learn. They are in- intelligent in their own way. They can they can learn human p pet- behavioral patterns. There are some cases where where crocod- in other countries, right, in other parts of the world where people go fishing, they clean the fish guts at certain spots um in the in the water. The crocodile will hang out there and they'll pick up the scraps and they will even learn where people regularly go down to the water to wait to fetch water and all that, and they will hang out there. And when the time is right, that is when they will set up the ambush. and And they can and they can stay submerged for quite a long period of time, and they can hide in pretty shallow water. So let's uh talk. Let's address the elephant in the room mm-hmm.
0: or the crocodile in the room or the cro- Yeah, the crocodile in the mangrove, la. Yeah. Are crocodiles dangerous? Should we be scared of crocodiles in Singapore?
1: Okay, this is complicated, right? To be honest, crocodiles, they can be dangerous. Large crocodiles, okay. Large crocodiles can be dangerous in certain situations, right? At the same time, however, just because they can be dangerous does not mean that, oh, we need to wipe them out, kill them all, you know what It's a very, it's uh, I, I would say it's, it's a mindset that's very much unwilling to find ways to share the world. But
0: why leh? I scared leh?
1: Yeah. I mean I'm also I'm also concerned, but you know I think there is something in us that that uh, that kinda of romanticizes the idea that there are creatures out there that are still dangerous, they are still very wild, they are in a way untamed. Right? Like why do why do so many cultures have a thing for big scary predators why do we have lions and tigers and other big cats why do we have bears and 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 many other and many other large predators revered in in different cultures all over the world right even though they are big and scary and even though yes they can they can kill uh, uh, humans in a way they are kind of like an emblem for 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 the wild Right, it's some people will say it's a an innate connection to nature, right? And I think it's in a way, even though Singapore is so urbanized, even though we have lost so many of our original native large predators, like okay, I mean the tiger and leopard, I don't think it's it, we are ever going to bring them back. But the fact that we are still able to somehow find a way to coexist with the world's largest reptile. I think it's something that you know it's it's not easy but at the same time I think it's something that is worth taking up the challenge right how do we balance this even though yes the crocodiles are limited to a very much smaller area of Singapore than they used to you know, to be bred than they used to be however the fact that people can visit uh, Singapore and watch them going about their daily activities in in a much in a kind of safe Setting, right. As long as you don't cross over the barriers or jump off the the, the the bridges, right. In a safe setting, I think that's that's uh, quite remarkable.
0: And I remember you were telling me some time ago that you used to, you okay for the for listeners, right? Mm. Uh, Ivan used to work at Sungai Bolo, Yep, yep. And one of the pet peeves that you always had is people complaining about the crocodiles on the road, right?
1: Well, yes. Uh, so. What happens is that the crocodiles they will come up from uh, from the rivers right or the or the tidal ponds, mm-hmm. they come up they will climb up the slope and they will bask on the path. Yeah, I mean definitely it is definitely scary right when you are walking on the trail and there's a two three meter long crocodile just just standing on the path blocking the way and and with his mouth open. So they are they are there basking. They're not hunting per se. Uh, of course I would I wouldn't advise anybody to try to walk past the crocodile. Right, because you never know whether, whether whether it might run towards you or run away from you. But all the same, uh, there, there were valid safety concerns. So that is why if you go to, go to Sungai Bolo nowadays, you will see these low wooden barriers being set up along many parts of the public trails. This is to to prevent the larger crocodiles from, from using the trails. Mm, and kind of like potentially causing uh, incident. Yes. In- incident. On the other hand, I've had people complain, why are we like like fencing up the nature is why we should just let it let let the animals uh, move out freely which I can understand that viewpoint but at the same time it's also a bit about trying to reduce the chance of conflict right because if someone tries to go up to the crocodile try to walk past it try to taunt it and then the incident happens there, there might be quite a, drust, a dramatic public outcry if somebody gets hurt and in the end the crocodiles will be the losers so i think it's it's a compromise to keep the human beings and the crocodiles apart however at the same time it is it is difficult to keep them apart when humans don't necessarily uh understand the reasons why there are barriers in the first place so we've had people going off the trail going down to the river bank uh some sometimes they were they were poachers trying to harvest shellfish other times there are people in, in, intruding onto the, into reserve to, to to catch fish, fish yeah, yeah, or even kayaking up the river, that kind of thing, or just people going down because they 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 don't want to stay on the trail and they yeah to go get closer. Even people want to take close-ups of the crocodiles. So people if you, if you see people doing that, please holler at them uh, and and tell them to, to to not be stupid, right? Honestly, um, especially when the tide is high because that is when the crocodiles are much closer to the water's edge. And I think this is a very classic
0: case on why we can't have good things, right? Yes. <laughs> and I, I guess to put things in context, this crocodiles are one of the good things that we have. Yes. I, I,
1: the fact that our... Sungai so below is a, actually, on the grand sk- scheme of things, Sungai so below is a very small area. The fact that we have an established... Breeding population of Australian crocodiles is remarkable is impressive in one of the busiest cities in yeah, the world exactly right and, and and you know it's and the fact that this small area of mangroves is able to to support crocodiles means that the ecosystem is healthy enough right there's there there's, there's, there are enough there's enough prey there are enough territories there are enough breeding sites for crocodiles to to be resident okay before we wrap up to this episode right there two names I
0: want to bring up and hmm. maybe you can tell us a little bit more about these two names. Oh, sure. First one is
1: Barney. Yep. Second is Taylors Okay. So, Barney was a very large crocodile uh, that I believe was resident in Kranji Reservoir. So, apparently, Barney was familiar to the anglers who would fish there. I, but however, Barney was found uh, dead um at some point in time and
0: it was quite a mysterious case i think it was 2012 or 2013
1: i can't remember uh let me just see oh it was in 2014 oh 2014 yeah and apparently Barney was a 3.6 meter long individual so nowhere near the largest crocodiles like i think um if you go back into the historical records there are crocodiles exceeding six meters um I think uh, the largest verified one, like the, in recent years, Lolong from the Philippines was one of the biggest. He was six point one seven meters long. Uh, Barney three point six meters, about half the size, but still, but not st- bad. Still,
0: still big, still, still big. big,
1: still huge. He was he was uh, found so, dead in twenty fourteen, so suspected to be a poaching incident. Not too sure about what happened. Why? Because his carcass was. According to reports, his carcass was sent to a farm and it disappeared. And so, the only crocodile farm said that they didn't receive anything, yes, right? All right? Yes, oh yes, before I forget, I forgot, I forgot to mention earlier on that another reason why crocodiles were hunted was because of leather. So, you know, crocodile, uh, actually crocodile leather is supposedly uh, one of the, the best leather um, uh, among all the crocodilian species. So. You will see crocodile farms all over the region, right? Breeding extra crocodiles in large numbers. So that has, in a way, relieved the bread pressure on the wild populations, right? But at the same time, there are all the ethical issues and all that, which is, I think, something that's left best left for another time. There is a crocodile farm in in the Krangji area. In fact, it's right next to, next to Sumbalolo. I must stress and emphasise, however, that our wild crocodiles are not the same. As the crocodile farm once. they did not escape, all okay. right? They are completely wild. Where did they come? Where did our crocodiles come from? They were probably there. There were resident crocodiles um, at some point in time. Maybe they disappeared through, due to habitat loss and hunting at some point in time. But we've had animals dispersing from Malaysia all along. So. Presumably, they might have come from Johor okay. at some point in time and set up shop in in Sungai
0: Buloh. Okay, so uh, Barney is a crocodile, huge crocodile that died under mysterious circumstances.
1: Mm-hmm. What about Taylor's? Okay, Taylor is some people call, call him the king of Sungai Buloh. So Taylor's is uh, is the most recognizable crocodile in Singapore. Why? Because he is missing most of his tail, right? Um, up beyond beyond his his his, his uh, hind legs. There's just a little stump, and that's it. What happened? Nobody knows. There are rumors that that he got bitten off in a fight. There are some people that say that no, that probably didn't happen. We don't know for sure. It's un, um, without examining, but uh, Taylor's himself. We I don't think we will know for sure. But despite this, this uh, um, this injury, right, this quite debilitating injury, Taylor's has managed to survive and thrive. He's actually one of the dominant males of Swamphello and he's often seen just, you know, lazily, casually swimming below the main bridge of Sungai Bolo, swimming up and down, hunting along the river banks, uh, patrolling the the sites, and he is a very large um, animal. Uh, I'm not too sure how long he is, I've heard that he, if not for his tail, for his missing tail, he could be a four meter long individual. Wow, he is huge. huge, and he often comes up very close to the trails, uh, especially at very high tides. So uh, it is very impressive. It's also very intimidating because this is when you understand that you know, yes, human beings, we are do- the domin- one the dominant spe we are the dominant species on this planet right now. But on a one on one basis, we are not exact. We are not exactly. The top predator, you know, especially in the mangroves.
0: So I think that, um, like w- the the feeling that you describe is really the sense of awe that yeah. wildlife can instill in us, especially like powerful predators. Yes, yeah, right?
1: exactly. It's it's not about we don't need to treat them with fear. We can treat them with respect, right? So you know, especially for many cases where crocodiles pop up in places where they shouldn't be, and bugs does send people down to patrol. Um, they've had to remove crocodile. The crocodiles that showed up in in uh, Lower Seletar Reservoir and East Coast Park, those were removed and relocated. in uh, In other in other in other countries, there are other measures. For example, in in Sarawak, they do take lethal control measures, which it's understandable, right? Uh, in Singapore, I'm not too sure whether that is necessary at this at this juncture. Um, in, in many other countries, they have many other strategies to control and manage crocodile populations. But I do feel that this is one of the species that we can. It's 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 not going to be easy, that's for sure. But then we can find ways to to share this world, right? The fact that it, with eight billion human beings on this planet, the fact that there are still spaces for these impressive large predators. Um, it, it's, it it reminds me that the world is still much bigger,
0: right? And I think on that note, um, it's, it's just good to think about why we do this podcast in the first mm-hmm. place because it's just nice that we can find and share common spaces, not just physically but in our hearts and minds to cohabit and share with
1: wildlife. Yes, def- definitely. I mean, people talk about human-wildlife conflicts with all sorts of animals, right? You get, long-term macaques, coated otters, reticulated pythons, wild boar. I think the the Asherine crocodile is actually one of the more challenging species to think about when it comes to coexistence. But if we can find a way to coexist with the crocodiles, I think the, the others look comparatively easier to, to find ways to, 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 to share the space. And on
0: that note, uh, I think let's wrap up this episode of Wild Red Dot. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Pedro
1: And I'm Ivan
0: And this is... Walt Red
1: Dot